Reno, Reno, BJ, 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 all right, this ain't Rocket Science People, episode 72. I'm here with uh, Emmy Award winning filmmaker Sean Rex. Sean, how you doing? Good, how you doing? I'm doing well, I'm doing well. I appreciate you for, uh, for popping out and coming on with me, man. Happy to do it. So a- April 1st, okay, your documentary White Boy just hit Netflix. Yep. You've done several, several documentaries, several different projects. And would you say you're most known for um, documentaries about like wrongful convictions and over sentencing. Yeah, we we uh, our little claim to fame is that we've we've been involved with three cases uh, in three different films that um, in which the people ended up being released. So and you know a couple of times it was we think it was because of pressure from the film that the right. people were actually released. The the first movie we ever did was a murder in the park about a Chicago case. Uh, I hate to spoil the movie, but he walked out. We, uh, he, I, I hugged him when he walked out and set down his box. Um, uh, there was a movie called Wrong Cat, where my business partner, Andy Hale, an attorney in Chicago, uh, and a team in Peoria, Illinois, got someone out after the longest wrongful conviction in U.S. history. That's going to be a series that's coming out. Uh, we'll be done with it here in a couple months, but... Uh, It'll be up to whoever the distributor is on what they, when they release it, but we think it'll be later this year. And then uh, White Boy, which, again, I don't want to totally spoil it, you know, but, uh, yeah, we, and you know, the funny thing is we made White Boy four, we released it four years ago on Stars, And, uh, I mean, it hit number one on iTunes and everything, but there's, there's nothing quite like Netflix. It's, it's ubiquitous. It's everywhere. So, people are acting like this thing just came out and a lot of people appreciate it and we're glad, but it's like, we've done so much since that we're about to release it. It's, it's pretty, pretty interesting. Yeah, man. That's dope. So you kind of already answered it for me. My first question for you. And like I said, this ain't rocket science. So you can keep it real with your boy. All right. right. My first question for you is, do you ever just sit back and pat yourself on the back and say, I'm the reason these people got out of jail? <laughs> no, you know what? <clears throat> People tell me all the time, you guys, you're, you guys are the best of this, best of that. I, I learned a long time ago not to believe them. Because uh-huh. then I'm gonna, my head's going to swell up and I'm going to turn into an idiot. And uh, <laughs> so I'm, I'm a Christian and I try to stay humble. And uh, I kind of thank God for placing these opportunities in front of us, you know. Right, right. Because you're, you're definitely using your, your, your platform for something good. And again, and I just want to put this on record, and I want to p- make this a part of the show. I want to thank you for coming onto my show because I kind of feel like, like you said, using your, your, your platform the correct way, I feel like what you and I did was exactly what social media was intended for. So let sure. me just explain it a little more for the people where on maybe last Friday, um, I had free time. I jumped on Netflix. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. My cue as far as the, net, the movies that Netflix suggests for me is full of like 1980s drug dealers, Kingpins, Miami. <laughs> you, you know oh, we, must have, we must have been on top of the page when you logged so, in that day. It's, 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 <laughs> so it, it, as soon as I turned on your documentary, I said, white boy, um, at the time I couldn't tell he was in jail, but the way he was dressed, 1988 fresh, you know what I mean, with the button-up shirt and the slacks. I'm like, well, let me turn this on. And then I saw his nickname was, was, was White Boy Rick. So just me pitting out, to get back to my original story, just me just putting out a tweet like, wow, this is a great story about White Boy Rick. Um, you followed up and liked the tweet. And then me being me, I'm like, hey, man, you might as well go on my podcast uh, and let's connect. So I, I appreciate you accepting the invite. No, you know what? You, you're, 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 
you're trying to build up a, a podcast when we were starting out and trying to build up a lot of people extended the same courtesy and gave us breaks. And I'm never going to forget that. So I'll always, always help young people. No, I, I really appreciate that. All right. So let's kind of get into it. Cause you kind of already touched on it. Now this documentary was created, um, like you said, back in 2017. Right. So what, how much knowledge did you have of the drug game and what type of research did you do before deciding to, um, you know, turn this into a documentary? Well, I don't want to admit to any crimes, okay? <laughs> but, you know, the 80s were crazy. Uh-huh. I heard about him back then, and I'm in Cleveland's Detroit. We can listen to Detroit radio stations in Cleveland. You know, that's how right. close it is. Right. And, um, you know, I used to have a drug problem when I was a young man and uh, did what I had to do to pay for him and knew a little bit about the business um, a long time ago. And uh, so, you know, I had an understanding of it. I also, you know, heard the legend and it was, it was kind of a racist legend originally. Okay. And I, so I didn't really buy it. It was sort of like, <laughs> can you believe some 16 year old white kid is, is a shot caller in Detroit? And I'm like, no, I can't believe that. But people wanted to believe it. It's something that, you know, something white culture that, that we, we do where we want to, it's a superiority thing that I had to unlearn a long time ago, but uh-huh. people still fall for it. You know, it's, 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 and, and uh, so they were acting like, you know, to them, it was almost like a point of pride. You know, people I heard this from and I was like, yeah, all right. Then I, 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 I did my first movie, you know, many years. Well, first of all, I, I heard he got locked up, you know, he's five years younger than me, something like that. So then I'm like 50 years old and I hear he's still locked up. I'm like, wait a minute. Cause that's like, that's like 10 lives ago from me. You know, mm-hmm. it's like three careers ago. And when I found out he was still locked up, it was like, Oh man, this is really an injustice. And I, I was going to, you know, I need a follow up to a murder in the park, our first film. Mm-hmm. And I thought, man, this is a case I'd like to affect, like see if we can, we can create some heat and a lot, a big team of people, have been working on it and getting him out for decades. You know, even the FBI agents, you saw him sit in the movie. Even they wanted him out badly. They they were riddled with guilt for what they right. did to him. They should have, yeah. Yeah. And um, so I, I then I found out they were making a movie, that Sony was making this movie with Matthew McConaughey. And I was like, well, should I do it? And I did some research and found out they were going to take some creative license make it like a dad's son buddy pick. And I thought, no, nah, somebody still needs to tell a factual story. Mm-hmm. So uh, we, we made the movies parallel. They filmed in Cleveland while we were doing this. They actually oh, wow. sat and watched versions of this and gave me notes. Oh, seriously? Who, who made the McConaughey <laughs> movie. Yeah, they, they were did really that, helpful. They were so cool to us. So did that movie ever come out? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it came out, theatrical release. I was at, I was at its uh, Toronto premiere at the toronto film festival toronto international film festival yeah it came out and it's uh it's available today I, i'm sorry i can't tell you where it's streaming but the, you know if they google white boy rick matthew mcconaughey they'll find it yeah maybe i had to follow up and check that out as well so when we go back to 2017 and you dropped this film well i guess you already answered this question earlier in the interview so you originally just sold it to stars well originally it was supposed to be a netflix original now i don't know how much I mean, I was going through an agent and that's what their, that's what their strategy was to make it a Netflix original. 
Um, and then uh, things changed in the industry. Amazon stopped buying that year. That was their big competitor. So they weren't just, they just didn't have a lot of urgency. And they were like, yeah, maybe we'll license this later. And they didn't take it. So we did a self-distribution. So that was the first time we ever self-distributed a film, meaning we went to what's called an aggregator. And we went and put it up on like uh, six platforms, you know, iTunes, Amazon, uh, in demand, which is your cable, you know, your cable box and all that Comcast. So we did that for a while. And then we did what's called a first window, first TV window with stars. And it was on the stars channel, I think for two years. And when it came off, Netflix came around and said, all right, we'll do a second window. Now this second window, the exposure we're getting, the number of tweets we're getting, the awareness of the case, it dwarfs anything that happened before. So I wish it would have been on, pardon me? So this the is second the second window, window with Netflix. Yeah, this is the second okay. broadcast window, but it's it's obviously the biggest and most important. You know what I mean? Netflix just it's just a game changer. Like every every home, whether they're paying or cheating, every home has Netflix. You know what I mean? Right. We, we cheating over here. I got I'm showing it on two screens behind me, <laughs> <laughs> and we're definitely cheating over here. So even before um, even before you got it to the six platforms, how did how do you originally market your films like do you take it to festivals or do you like even before you get to the six platforms like what do you normally do i, I like uh well I, I put it in one festival all right i just want well I, I put it in two festivals festivals are good for curation meaning you know someone someone is telling the world it's good enough to be in our fest you know what i mean so there's a very large film festival up in detroit called the free film festival that's put on by the detroit free press so we gave, we had a premiere there. Thousand people came. It was the biggest thing they'd ever done. And um, it was an amazing experience. And all the people in the film came too. Wow. Besides Rick, you know, besides Rick was, Rick was still locked up, but all the people in the film came. So it was like an amazing, amazing night. And we won the audience choice award for the whole festival. And then it was important to be curated by someone really important. So we were in doc NYC which is curated by a man named Tom Powers. And Tom, if, if Tom Powers likes your movie, it's a good movie. So um, that's, those are the only two festivals we did. After that, we, you know, tried to do our first deal and then decided to aggregate and self-distribute. Did that, squeeze as much as we could out of the lemon, doing it that way. Although it still pays, you know, it's still up on those platforms for people who don't have Netflix. Right. And they can rent it for like three bucks. But, um, then we then we did that stars deal. Then we did an international deal. It's been on Netflix worldwide for a year and a half. Okay, but it's the just US. hit the USA April first, and that was a, that's almost like a different company. That's a different deal. It's actually a better deal for us, the worldwide deal. Oh. But uh, yeah, so that's how that works. Sorry, I'm 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 telling you too many details, right? No, no, no. That's fine. This is great. This is great. So. What made Netflix uh, reach back out? Is it because it was doing so well on stars, and was it doing very well worldwide? From what I'm told, Netflix is not filled with creative types. It's filled with analysts. And they have algorithms, and they decide what people want. And then they issue mandates. And they say, go find 15 of these. Go find five cupcake shows. Go buy 10 flipping houses shows. And we need more crime. That's, when I, that's what I'm guessing happened. Crime is what they call an evergreen genre. 
no one gets tired of crying. Right, 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 right. And uh, I know when you was answering the previous question, you talked about the people who had attended the films. Um, so how was it when you reach out to guys like the Curry brothers and, and, and certain people who, you know, these, these scary guys that used to live like a life of crime? What's normally, yeah. how do they normally, are they normally down to talk to you or do you got to convince them or? No, it, it's really, it was getting Johnny Curry was very hard. There's certain things you didn't want to talk about. Mm -hmm. um, we had to like meet first in a restaurant nearby and he had to just meet me and talk to me and just decide if he even liked me. <laughs> it was all through the efforts. There are two guys, two, there are two journalists who produced and wrote this thing, Scott Bernstein and Seth Ferrante. They are the ones who knew, they know all the, they know every gangster. They introduced, I know Cream, you know, for, through them, like all, all these, I know Rick Ross through them, um, you know, Freeway Rick Ross. Oh, the real Rick Ross, okay. Yeah, they know, he, yeah, he's hung out here with us. Um, but like, these guys know everybody. So they, they're the ones who got the access. But yeah, they had to check me out. It was real tricky getting, you know, Nathaniel Boone Craft for an interview too. That 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 guy, that hitman who killed thirty people, you know, that was and that was a little scary. But he, you know, it was just a, it was a crazy experience following him. Yeah, so you actually brought him up before I got a chance. So that, now, of course, personally, that was my personal favorite character. Of, uh, it's of everyone. Let, let, let me tell you something. When those thousand people were at the Free Film Festival watching that movie. Uh -huh. And they heard him laughing in the back of the audience. A thousand heads turned. <laughs> All right, man. I want to because you could hear him in the whole theater. You could hear him. <laughs> and the other thing was, <clears throat> afterwards, everybody's on the steps of the Detroit Muse Institute of Art on the steps, getting their pictures taken with Boone. He was the star of the or with Johnny Curry. They were the How stars good. of the movie. It's a gangster movie. Right, you know what right. I mean. So and and a lot and they were my, my mother said she was in the bathroom when there were girls and they were like I'm about to get me some hitman, you know. <laughs> oh and that's, so that's and that's, that's why that's funny. That's why I say he was my personal favorite because to listen to uh, first of all he, he's charismatic, um, he spoke well. He, I mean, but he's he honest. Talked, he, he honest. He spoke so casually about killing thirty people. I mean, like I said, we, I don't want to give him too much of the film because I know it'll be new to some people, even though it's been out four years. He spoke so casual about killing the people. Well, well, we'll call it. He spoke casual about the crimes he committed. Um, he spoke casually about where he expected to go in his afterlife, you know, which is kind of scary. And um, but he, 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 just so you know, when he said when he said, I know I'm going to hell, I said, the Bible says you're not. Right. The Bible the says that you don't have to. That's what I told him. If you accept Christ, I, I thought the same exact thing, and you know, ask for forgiveness. Um, but it was just, it was, just, it was just amazing. Um, it was just amazing to hear him talk about it. And, and at the time, and I guess you guys did this by design. When I'm watching the film, of course, we're we're still thinking, you know, he's locked up. So, so to hear, I guess I am giving away of the film. But to hear that he did less time than White Boy is kind of like, wow, you, you know. Let me tell you, we needed a, we needed, a, we we didn't know we were going to have something else at the end that we eventually got, you know, from the parole hearing. So we needed a boom at the end. So what I decided to do, we had to talk to him anyway, because he tried to kill Rick so many times. But what I decided to do is I went and bought some nurses uniforms. <laughs> and we just, we went into the basement, the laundry room of a crappy apartment building in Detroit. 
and did it. It's hot and stinky. We just did it in there. Mm-hmm. And we were done and he put his clothes on. And I had a, I didn't know. I, I asked him what, what color of stuff did you wear in prison? I, so I had brought a blue one. I brought a white <laughs> one. I brought an orange one and I brought a tan one. He goes, tan, my federal prison, we did tan. I go, all right. So he put on the tan one. When he was done, he looked at that bag of uniforms and looked at me and said, I'm taking those. I said, okay. <laughs> and you okay. didn't fight at all. <laughs> no, um, hell no. <laughs> we were so, armed. We were, we were we were carrying when we did that interview, man. That was he's a scary dude, right? Because but but you got, the, the type of stuff I think about. I mean, me living here in Philadelphia is, and, and you're hanging out with somebody like that. I mean, you, you might not have to be armed for him, but what if somebody's actually still looking for him, and you guys are with him at the time? You know, that, that's probably something you were thinking as well. I mean, yeah, that dude, that we were, dude lived no, a wild we were, life. Yeah, we we kept it real incognito. We, I mean, he like came in the back door of this little apartment building and. Nobody saw him, you know, but yeah, yeah, no, we do have to think about things like that. So was there anybody uh, you sat down with or tried to uh, get in contact with who who wasn't willing to speak to you guys? Hmm. There was an author who uh, had been writing about him for years who who wouldn't do an interview because he was going to work on his own project. But other than that, no. um, None of of the criminals? None of the... uh, Oh, we couldn't get Kathy Volson. We couldn't get Kathy uh, Johnny's wife and uh, Rick's girlfriend for a while. Yeah, are they still, are they still together? Are they still married? No, no. But th- I think they they they've reconnected as friends. You know. All right. So um. So bring So when you when you find a subject, right? I'm gonna take a, I'm gonna take a step back. When you find a subject uh, that you find interesting that you you think you might want to document, what's normally your first step? Our first step is I, I have to decide if it's marketable. You know, a lot of people make a lot of documentaries that very few people love. I want to make sure a lot of people are going to are going to like the subject matter. I got to make sure I can find the money to do it right. Mm-hmm. And uh, I have to make sure I have access. You know, you can make a doc. You could make a documentary about someone right now without without access and without their permission, because if they're a public figure, you're the news. But you, right. if, if you have their permission and their blessing, it's a lot better because then they, you know, you can get their family pictures. They could tell their friends to do interviews and family members. So, getting the access was important. And um, then, then man, we just we just start moving immediately. We 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 execute. That's we're from Cleveland, not Hollywood. We don't have seventy five meetings about it. We just we just drive to Detroit and start filming stuff. We we right. start filming before we have the money. You know what I mean? Wow. That way, when we ask for money, we can show them something. Like, right, we already sense. got this. We already got that. You know what I mean? <clears throat> so that's uh, we make everything on spec. We don't co-produce with any networks ever. We make everything from beginning to end so nobody interferes with it, and we auction off the finished product. That, that, that makes a lot of sense. Um, so when, when hanging out with, with Big Nate, and I kind of feel like I'm all over the place because I had so many different questions for you. When hanging out with Big Nate or, or Johnny Curry, did they ever give you any great stories or... Anything that surprised you, maybe off camera that you couldn't use? Um, of course, you can't tell me now. Johnny, Johnny Curry, Johnny Curry did. Johnny Curry called a couple of days after his interview and said, "You know, I don't want this, 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 or this in there." And we honored his wishes. We promise everybody that, and we we want to. We don't want to ever break our word um, because we 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 need to have a good reputation when it comes to our integrity. 
So yeah, uh, we, he told us some some stuff. Then he told us some stuff when the cameras were off. We wish the cameras were on. But uh, right. yeah, it's it's crazy. I mean, the cops were like basically delivering his dope. You know what I mean? Like yeah, they they were partners. <laughs> yes, yeah, they were part of the game. Did any of that surprise you? I mean, the police involvement and and, and just how blatant it was. I mean, even with the mayor and how wide open it was surprised me. How 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 it like was so known. It wasn't like something a few people whispered about. Everybody in the city knew. You know, that's why you know, not just white white people left. People who like were real law abiding left. You know. A lot of black folks left too. They were just like, "No, this is just too crazy." I don't want my kids around this. You know, they moved to the suburbs. Yeah, I understand. Again, Sean, I mean, I thank you. I appreciate you for coming on. Before I get you out of here, my last question is: anything you're working on right now? Anything like you're in the middle of shooting right now? Anything? Oh, we we, uh, we've got a team of twelve people here, and we work on five projects at a time. Wow! So uh, I would encourage anybody who like White Boy to go check out. A murder in the park. Like I said, you can rent it for a couple few bucks. Uh, it's on iTunes. It's on Amazon. It'll be on the uh, IFC channel, the IFC streaming network. That's going to start in a couple months, and um, it's already had its run on Netflix and uh, Showtime and uh, all that. But uh, I would encourage them to go look at that. We're going to have a series coming out later this year called Wrong Cat. That's just as mind blowing as White Boy. More mind blowing. And it goes all the way back to the assassination of Fred Hampton in Chicago. So okay. it's, it's just an unbelievable, like Black Panther historical film. Um, we're doing a, kind of an unofficial sequel to Making a Murderer, like an unofficial third season of Making a Murderer that's, that we're almost done with. It's going to be another shocking eye opener. Um, uh, ten, 10 episodes. Um, so we'll we'll see where that goes. We're, we haven't even shared it with anybody yet, but okay. networks have contacted us for it. So I think it's only right that we offer it to Netflix first since it's a brand. Um, so we'll see see what ends up happening with that. And then uh, we've got uh, a movie called Salvador or a series called Salvador coming about coming up about some nuns that were killed down in El Salvador. And of course, uh, our Christian documentaries, American Gospel Christ Alone and American Gospel Christ Crucified are doing great. We started a, a, a streaming network for those called WatchAGTV.com. It has over 700 hours of content for like five bucks. It's our own little Netflix for, for Reformed Christians. Okay. And um, so check that out, too. I appreciate you letting me uh, promote those things. No, no, no problem. That's what you were here for. But like I said, after I watched, I, I wasn't familiar with your work until I watched White Boy. So when I did research you and saw that you worked on making it of a murderer too, I was like, man, I wish I had more oh, no, time I to didn't talk work to. On, I mean, yo, I didn't work on two. I didn't I mean, work not, on not two. two not two. I wasn't really a big fan but of two. The sequel, but the sequel thing, yeah. Right, right. The, the original one, making it a murderer, I had a few questions about that, but I'm, I'm going to save those for another time. But that was a very interesting uh, doc as well. Oh, that documentary, that documentary or that docuseries, Making a Murderer, helped us because it helped. When everybody was done, they wanted more. So all these lists came out like, okay, if you're fiending for crime stuff, here's a list of more stuff to watch. And boom, uh, you know, we're on every list practically. So that drove up sales of of, um, A Murder in the Park. So it was very helpful for us. So for that, we're appreciative. But we... 
we are a little critical to filmmaking um, in our in our series that's coming up. All right, man. Again, I th thank you for coming on. Uh, I appreciate the conversation. Sure. And we're definitely going to check out the work that, that you got on the way. All right. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. No problem. No problem. Tired of being